0: The following sermon is from Christ Church Port Orange. For more information, find us online at joinwithjesus.org. Thanks for listening. If you're our guest, we're so glad you're here. The Holy Spirit's here. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Jesse. And, um, and what a privilege it is uh, to, to speak to you and address you on this January 1st of 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. You guys, look, you guys look fresh, so well, I'm guessing you didn't stay up till midnight last yeah. night. Some of you, some of you did. Um, hey, I've been, I've been praying with Tiffany, my beautiful bride, and we've been praying for God's direction, for Christ church, and asking the Holy Spirit to lead us in what this next year is supposed to look like. Uh, I, I do a lot of like vision planning, and I think about goals, and evaluate the health of our church and think through what are the things that we want to do and what do we want to be a year from now and I'm one of those people that does a lot of that kind of stuff anybody else like that you're like thinking strategically and making plans and man I tell you what I just felt like the holy spirit was just not speaking to me about any of those things at all but still was speaking very clearly and as I was going through the scriptures this year every time I would come across a passage they would have a theme about like standing firm or being ready or standing in strength or taking a stand against the enemy. They would like pop off the page. You ever have that happen? Where God's like, this is is the thing I'm trying to get into. And it would happen again and again and again. And uh, so we just felt like leading into this new year that the Lord was leading us as a church to really strengthen our core you guys know when you're gonna like start working out or you're gonna start a new sport or you're gonna increase flexibility, you gotta like start with your core. You realize that? You know when you start a new sport and you realize how unstrong your core is. And so the Lord was just speaking this, this idea of just strengthening our core. And so we were just taking that to our team and talking to the staff and our board and just thinking what does it look like for us to strengthen our core in the new year strategically? Um, but, but as we kind of came to the Lord with that and saying, all right, Lord, what do you, how do you want us to do this? These two words emerged, and they're common words, um, but they just kind of comprise what I want to talk to us about this morning, and that is truth and love. Somebody say truth, truth, truth. Um, our world is epically hungry for the truth. You know, we live, we live not under the domain, but the continued reign of the evil one who is a liar from the beginning. Do you know that? And if you've ever told a lie, which I know some of you have, most of you, uh, you know that when you tell a lie, you have to tell another lie, and then another lie, and then another lie. You can't, the lies, the lies just have to keep piling up. And that's how the enemy is. And he's, he works very hard to keep everybody under a delusion, under a lie. But the thing I love about the truth is when someone hears the truth, they just know it's true, just like that. Don't you love that? The truth is powerful. It's what makes comedians funny, by the way. You guys know when you laugh at something, you're like, I should not laugh at that. (laughs) But you know it's true, and that's what makes it it funny. And so there's this, this hunger that we all have for truth, and we live in a world right now that is just, oh man, it's just lie central. It's just lies as far as you can see. Lies about everything. And, and the world doesn't know the truth, the world apart from God, but the, the world recognizes the truth because we were made for truth. We were made by God, for God, to work with God, to live with God, and God is the truth, amen? amen. And so the world is hungry for truth and, and I believe that the Lord wants to really strengthen us as a church to be ready to be the messengers of truth. And love. You guys know all of us are made for love. We were made by God who is love. We were made for God to be in a relationship of love. We were made to be in companionship with one another in healthy marriages in families and communities where we are loved and cherished and accepted and supported and encouraged. Everybody's searching for love. Some of us are searching for love in all the wrong places. But everybody's looking for love, amen? And so here we are existing in this season and I don't know what's coming, but I feel in my spirit that God says something big is coming and we need to be ready. And so we are... We are strapping up our flip-flops. <laughs> we, are, we are strengthening our core of truth and positioning ourselves for love. Listen, I, I just have this, this like feeling in my guts like God's about to do something really, really, really big, and it's going to be all hands on deck. Do you understand? It's not just work for me. It's not just for church staff. It's for every single Jesus follower, and so we want to spend this year being strengthened in truth and in love. And I wanna invite you to be a part of that uh, this morning. And so I'm asking the Lord for a passage for this morning and he brought me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. And um, I'm gonna read verses three to 14. I usually read a passage and then we pray and then I kind of talk about it, but I wanna just kind of meander through this passage with the time that we have this morning. And so I just wanna pray and I wanna ask God to speak. And if you want God to speak to you, why don't you ask him with me? Can we do that? God, we thank you that you are the God who speaks, that you are not a hidden God and not a silent God. And Lord, I just pray that as we turn our attention to your word, this letter recorded thousands of years ago, but written, inspired by your Holy Spirit and two people like us facing the same situations in their generation, God, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would speak a revelation to us. Holy Spirit, empower it to connect with our minds and our hearts. God, and I pray that it would transform the way we live our lives. God, we are eager to hear from you, so we pray that you would cultivate the soil of our hearts to receive the seed of your word and to bear fruit 30, 60, 100-fold, I pray. God, give give us ears to hear. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, Amen, amen, amen. Colossians is a letter uh, written by the Apostle Paul in the first century to a church that he actually had never been to. It was not one of the churches he founded. In fact, he was preaching the gospel in Macedonia and Philippi, and one of the people who was listening to his message about Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, now Savior of the world, was a young man named Epaphras. And Epaphras received this good news. He turned uh, to, in repentance and faith to King Jesus and became a part of his kingdom. And then he took this back to a Gentile community in Colosse, which is a in, little interior city along the Lycus River in um, southern Turkey. And it's not there anymore, but this is where this was at the time. And he preached the gospel in this little town, and people believed this good news, and they turned to Jesus also, and a little church was formed. And so Epaphras ends up kind of going back and forth between this church and the apostle Paul who finds himself in prison in Rome to give reports uh, about the church to Paul and then to bring this letter from Paul to the church. And so Paul and Timothy are, are together in Rome where Paul's imprisoned and he sits down to pen this letter. And I want you to see how relevant it is for us today. It's a letter from God for us also. And here's what it says. Uh, Verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love you have for all the saints and because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. The Apostle Paul says, I heard a report about a trifold miracle. The miracle is you have faith in Jesus, God's Messiah. You heard the report that God became man, died in our place, was risen on the third day revealed himself to many, ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit to empower believers. And when that news reached your hearts and your ears, you believed and that is a miracle. And so when I heard about this miracle, I began to pray for you. That miracle was in the trifecta of faith, hope and love joined by a miraculous and divinely originated love for other people. You guys realize we are not that easy to love. Can I get amen? And so when there's a love for the saints, this is of divine origin and Paul celebrates and it urges him to pray. And then thirdly, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, do you, brothers and sisters, realize that we are the people of the future? We don't live in today for today. We live in today for that day when Jesus returns and he brings all things as it should be, amen? And so... We exist with this miracle of faith, hope, and love, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, love for the saints, and hope laid up for you in heaven. He says, of this you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. One of the enemy's lies. He wants us to believe that we are a part of something that is dying and deflated, so you'll hear reports that the church is shrinking, it's less influential, it's infiltrated by leftists, it's falling apart, no one will take a stand for anything, less and less people are converting to Christianity, more and more people are becoming atheistic, everything's moving away from Jesus. And is that true? Absolutely not. Balderdash. That's a flat lie, because the reality is, is that everywhere the good news about Jesus is proclaimed, people find the miraculous gift of faith and their lives are changed forever. And when their lives begin to be changed, there's a little ripple effect into their relationships and communities and the world is reshaped. And right now, all over the world in some of the darkest places you can imagine, the light of Jesus is shining brighter than ever before. And so from the first century to presently, the good news about Jesus is bearing great fruit all across the globe. And that's happening right here in this community as well. And when you share your faith in Jesus with others, in love, and the hope you have, I guarantee you this, you will see people come to faith in Jesus. That's how this works. And we need to be reminded of that on this, the first day of 2023. Can I get amen? amen? Listen, it doesn't matter If Christians are having 1.7 children and Muslims are having 2.4 on average, you're gonna hear these reports: the world's becoming less and less Christian. That is ridiculous. I can make a Christian out of a Muslim in three seconds. Listen, have all the babies you want. We'll make them all Christians. Why? By giving them an offer they can't refuse. How about hope of eternal life in heaven, the gracious gift of God? How about the truth that you know is true on the inside of you and forget the lies that you've been under the shroud of? Do you see how this works, right? Muslims and Marxists, atheists and arms dealers, all of them are one witness away from being in the kingdom of heaven. And that's what we are a part of and that's what the Colossian church was a part of. And guess what? We are here because they were there, You know, this good news has resounded. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Guess where we are today, brothers and sisters? The ends of the earth. And so that's what we are a part of. We've got to be reminded of this. And it comes just by the simple telling of the truth. This word, the gospel bears fruit as it does among you. Verse six, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. You came to hear the truth about how gracious and loving and kind God is and what he has done to save you. See, this is what we all need. I want to do, I want to do this for us uh, this morning. It's January 1. Um, I'm sure you guys have lots of goals. You're all driven, wonderful people. I'm sure you have financial goals, health goals, weight loss goals. I'm sure you've got diet goals and you've got planning goals. How many of you guys got some goals? You guys get some goals? You can, it's all right. You can have some goals. I got some goals. I don't have weight loss goals because I have a divine metabolism. I don't know. Like one, one in a bazillion people. I weigh the exact same I did when I was 25 years old and I eat whatever I want. I know, I know, I know. I'm here just to make you jealous. That's it, that's it. Also, I have to tell you, I know you noticed this when you came in. We want to help you with your diet plan for 2023. So we have canceled donuts for the rest of the year. No more donuts. It's all gone. Now I'm just kidding. We found out this morning that our donut shop took the day off, and so we went to pick up our donuts, and they were closed. So no donuts for you. So we're just helping you out. It's providential. Self-control, just like that. Uh, sorry about all. Sorry about the mess you're gonna have explaining this to your children in the car. They're like, that's the only reason we go to that church. A cup full of donuts, right? Don't worry. They'll be back next week. Come on back for donuts. But we set these goals. Uh, I I would like to be asleep before 11 o'clock at night, as many nights as possible in 2023, right? I would like to surf as many days as I possibly can in 2023. I've got, I've got, I would like to take my wife out at least once a week on a date for all of 2023. Isn't that a great goal? Because last year we had like three dates (laughs) all year and, uh, it's just it's stuff out. You guys know how it goes, you know? And you keep talking about doing it and then you're like, we haven't done it. We keep talking about doing it, we don't do it. So he set goals. There's nothing wrong with setting goals. But I wanna challenge you. So you may have your own list and I'm not trying to make this hard, but I'm gonna give you three challenges and an invitation. Three challenges and an invitation. And here's the first challenge. This comes by way of my beautiful bride. Uh, Tiffany said to me a few days ago, she said, man, Holy Spirit's stirring me and I wanna challenge the women of Christ church to take January the 1st and share their testimony on social media. And so she wrote out, um, like an abbreviated version of her own testimony. And she just put it out there on social media for anybody to read with an invitation to say, if this is something you wanna talk more about, direct message me and I wanna to talk to you about it or pray a prayer like I did and pray this prayer. And so I just wanna remind you how powerful a testimony is. I mean, the Colossian church existed in the first century because of a testimony. Look at verse seven. Just as you learned it, the gospel, from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he's a faithful minister on Christ of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the spirit. Listen, this is all real tangible and real, and it's about sharing your story. Let me tell you my testimony. Um, My dad was here in first service. My parents, in 1980, moved from Washington, D.C. to uh, Southern California, where my dad was an auto body mechanic and a drug dealer. That was his side hustle. And my mom was a stay-at-home witch she didn't work, but she dabbled in the occult. And so she was doing seances, spooky, spooky stuff, all kinds of demonic forces. So this is my parents in 1980. I'm born in 1981 to that couple, one older sister. Their life was obviously a little rocky. <laughs> Marriage wasn't going so great. And my mom turned and confided in her next door neighbor who was a, a, a Jesus follower. And she said, I don't know what to do. She said, I know what you need to do. You need to repent of all of this and turn your life over to Jesus and let him save you and and get you out of this mess. And your husband needs to do the same thing. And so she, in this woman's kitchen, prayed and asked the Lord to forgive her. And she turned her life over to the Lord. (laughs) 1981. My dad, shortly thereafter, did the exact same thing. He, obviously, uh, it's not as lucrative to be an auto body mechanic in Southern California as it is to be a drug dealer. And so they turned their back on that whole lifestyle and moved back to Washington, D.C., where I spent the first eight years of my life. And they did the best they could with what little they knew to raise um, me and my siblings in a Christian family. And when I was eight years old, this message that God loved me, he made me, he loved me, and I had sinned and I needed forgiveness. And I felt that even at eight years old. I knew the things I had done were wrong. And when I heard that news, it became real to my little eight-year-old self that I, me and God are not good and so I asked the Lord to forgive me and I put my trust in him. And at eight years old, it was baptized. And I started following the Lord in my little eight-year-old way. It's pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> By 13 years old, I was hell on wheels. <laughs> Let me tell you that. I got my 13-year-old daughter in the front row. She is a gem of the highest degree. Myself, not so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text my mom and tell her I love her, you know? And uh, at 13 years old, I, was, I, I had an encounter with God where I was, I'm just going, all right, Lord, whatever. Is this real? I don't even know. I was eight. And I said, if you're real, and I just like we did this morning, we just said the Holy Spirit was doing something. I I could feel something was going on. And I just said, all right, Lord, what are you doing? And I experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit for the first time ever. And I was overwhelmed by the power and presence of God. At 13, 13 years old, I started reading my Bible and I started trying to be a better skateboarder, you know, and evangelize my friends. And that lasted for a little while. But what I didn't, realized and didn't understand until I was 18 years old, is that part of giving your life to the Lord is giving your life to the Lord. Not just giving your sins to the Lord, not just giving your hunger to the Lord, not just giving your plans to the Lord, but giving your life to the Lord. And by 18, I had not been doing that. I was giving my life to me and I was trusting on him to save me. And my life was a mess. It was a hot mess. And I was starting to lose, I was starting to lose a grip on the things that had seemed so real to me at eight and 13 and in different periods of time. And I came to this place with the Lord where I, was, I said, listen, this whole church thing seems fake to me. These people seem judgy. I, I have this whole world of opportunities. And so if you're real, like you, you, you make yourself known to me. And oh, he did too. You pray one of those prayers and you're serious. God will show up. You know, if you say, if you're real, he'll go, Oh, I'm real. And uh, man, the Holy Spirit spoke so powerfully to my heart. And what he did was he convicted me of my sin. He convicted me of how I was the Lord of my life, how I had a whole list of things that were idols, more important to me than he was. He was my go-to backup genie in the sky when things got bad, but he was not nowhere near first. And the encounter I had with the Lord was a little bit like this. Either I'm number one or I'm nothing. I don't want to be on your list. I want to be the Lord of your life. You understand how this works? Ooh, I stayed up all night writing down all the things that I would have to give up and all the things in my future that I would be saying no to. And all I was counting the cost of what it would mean. I didn't go to sleep that night. And at six in the morning, I remember my little tag. It was at this little conference I didn't want to go to. And on the tag, it said, there was a 7 a.m. early morning worship and prayer meeting. And I was like, I'm not going to that. But at 6 a.m. when I hadn't slept all night and I was having this conversation with the Lord, decided I'm just going to walk down there. And I walked down into a little room. Happens like this section of people right here in this little ballroom of a little hotel and one dude on a guitar and this girl had a violin and they were all singing and loving Jesus. And I was standing in the back of the room. But <laughs> I realized like, listen, he's the God of the universe. Like what chance do I stand to do what I want to do? And am I really so smart that I'm going to make a better plan for my life than he is? So I just said, all right. Lord, you get it. You're number one. I give you my whole entire life. Every bit of it's all yours. Nothing's off limits. Now you tell me what's number two and three and four and five and six. And I started a real relationship with the Lord where I was really following him. Like when he said, stop, I stopped. And when he said, start, I started. Do you see how this works? And that was my testimony. Now listen, a lot of people's testimony don't need three iterations. (laughs) Sometimes all that happens together at one moment. That's what happened for my parents. Maybe that's what happened for you. Uh, Apparently I'm a little hard-headed. Takes God a decade and a half to get broken all the way through there. But I've come to know that the God who is made me, loves me, and every single thing that he has led me to walk away from has saved me from destruction. And every single thing he's called me to walk in has brought my highest joy. That's my story, and when you share that good news with people, something on the inside of them says, "I want that." And that's what happened for the church at Colossae. That's how it got started, as Epaphras went and told his story. And so, my first challenge to you is: tell your testimony today. Post it on social media. You don't have social media? Remember actual friends? Remember them? Remember people you like? Have their number in your phone, and you would like call them and stuff. Write them a letter. Uh, just share with somebody. Pick up the phone or go see somebody and just share your story. Share your story. And if you don't have a story, today can be the start of your story. Today can be the day where you go, wow, I'm not good at being in charge of my life. Let me, let me pass everything off to the Lord and ask him to forgive me and make me whole. Do you see how, how beautiful this is? It's awesome. Okay. I gotta go faster. <laughs> I told the Lord in 2023, I don't wanna cut any content out of sermons, so I'm not gonna plan any. I did, I told him that. He was like, okay, it's fine. So um, here's my second, my second challenge for you. We're gonna be, we're gonna be, I'm just hanging out on Colossians 1 for a minute, and I'm gonna give you these other two challenges. Um, in order for you to live a life of truth and walk in love, you have to have relationships, meaningful relationships with other people. And so if you don't already have meaningful relationships with other people, I wanna challenge you to get in a group. Get in a group. Um, I am not here to make friends for you. Uh, that's not Trice Church's job. So what we do for groups, we have two options. We have party of seven, which is where you organize with other people who don't know how to be in a group either and just wanna meet people. And you just have dinner four times with couples, older couples, young couples, couples with kids, no kids, singles. That's what we call it, party of seven. It's just comprised of different kinds of people. And we help you connect with each other. It's kind of like speed dating for friends. And you do that four times. And we've we done it. Tiffany and I did it last semester. It was last season. It was so fun. Got to know some people better. We, had a, we have a um, big dining room table. We can seat 12. So we invited 12. We had a party of 12. And they, had, they brought their 12 kids. It was very loud. And, uh, but it was fun. And we got to meet some people. I strongly recommend doing that. And it's just four times. And um, you can do that four times yeah. and meet some people. And then you can get in a group. And we call our groups Group X. Any of you guys like TED Talks? You guys watch TED Talks? Oh, <laughs> I do, I like TED Talks. And uh, have you ever seen TEDx? They do independently organized TED conferences where they just invite people to speak. TEDx, independently organized. So we do group X, and this is independently organized, which means you just reach out to a handful of people you know, could just be two other human adults or three or four, and you just say, hey, we're gonna spend six weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, a, a determined amount of time, and we're just gonna do this thing together. We're gonna read this book, we're gonna study this, we're gonna talk about sermon notes, or we're gonna, we're gonna do something where the subject is Jesus. And when you do that, that's called fellowship, or the the Bible calls that in Greek koinonia, and it's, it's a deep relationship because Jesus is at the center of it. That is not the same as community. You can find community at the gym, on the ball field, playing flag football, riding a bike, and surfing a surfboard. You can find community in any of those places. But you won't find fellowship until you make Jesus, the center of the subject of what you're talking about. But when you do, you'll have an opportunity to love and to grow in truth and to bear fruit. And that is my second challenge to you. And so you may already have this in place in your life. I don't have to dictate it for you. No church should have to, but if you need a little help, we can help get you started or connect you with other people who wanna do the same thing. So share your testimony today. And number two, get in a group. Now, back to Colossians chapter one. Listen, this is the nature of Paul's prayer. And so from the day we heard about this miracle of regeneration and transformation, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. How many of you guys would like to know what God's will is for you? In all spiritual wisdom, how would you like to have insight into every step you should take for your highest spiritual good and understanding? This is the essence of truth so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, love, truth and love right here. And then we get a colon, there's no colons in Greek, but this is the emphasis of the idea. Bearing fruit in every good work, God made you for works, he made you for loving other people, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There it is again, love and truth. And so I wanna challenge you not only to share your testimony and get in a group, here's the big challenge for you. I'm going to challenge every person that calls Christchurch home to read the Bible with us in six months. Six months. Some of you have big eyes and you're like, I am seven years into my one-year Bible plan right now. I don't know how this can be done in six months. Now, listen, um, you're, you're, cap- you're far more capable than you think you are. Tiffany said to me six months ago, let's read the Bible in six months. Now, I read the Bible professionally, okay? Some of you are like, I know, I don't want to hurt myself here. Uh, I'll let him do it. But but I read the Bible all the time. But I read the Bible personally too. Like I wake up, I spend time with the Lord. I have scriptures that I meditate on. I have things that I'm, work, that I'm just working on with the Lord from the scriptures every single day. I have nothing to do with sermons or leading or being a pastor or anything like that. And so she said, I want you to do this. And I said, okay, let's do that. Let's try it. I've never done it before. I've read it in a year. I've read big chunks of it all straight through. I've never done the whole Bible in six months. So I was like, all right, let's do it. It's like six chapters a day. It takes 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. You're like, Can't do it. Yes, you can. If you have any games on your phone, you are spending 20 minutes a day that could be reallocated somewhere else. If you don't work from home, your commute is likely more than 20 minutes every single day. Right? I started thinking through all the things that people spend 20 minutes a day doing. I can't say all of them in church. But there's a lot of ways that you could incorporate this Bible reading plan into your life as it currently sits. Do you realize that? If you work out, if you spend any time on a treadmill, you could be working out your body and your soul at the same time. Can I get an amen? How about those of you who have a hard time falling asleep at night? Some of you are like, I can't get up and read the Bible. I can barely fall asleep at night. Watch this. Try to read your Bible for 20 minutes before bed. You'll fall asleep in eight seconds. It's my gift to you. You know what I mean? Christmas keeps on giving. You're welcome. You're welcome. You will sleep so well after trying to read the Bible at night that you will wake up ready to read the Bible. That's what'll happen. So it takes 20 minutes. And in 20 minutes a day, and you will find that the first like 60 days go by super easy and super fast because it's all narrative. It's all stories. And they're very easy to read. And they're actually really exciting. And some of them are familiar, although I will suggest that if you're gonna do this with, with us, that you read the Bible in a version, in a translation that you haven't read before, one that's not familiar to you. Because if you've been following Jesus for a while and you know a bunch of Bible, then you'll read things that are very familiar and they will flow through your brain in a way that you will not even recognize what you just read. Because you know it so well that it just goes into that part of your, that tract that exists in your brain and it won't actually saturate. So read it in a, even like a passion translation or the message or just pick a translation that, you've never, that you don't typically read so that the words are a little different and makes you think about it. Now, I know that you can do this. Um, if you rely on the 1.7 times a month you go to church for your Bible, and it comes from me to you, then I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell my six-year-old son who only wants to eat oatmeal and boxed rice. Um, You are undernourished. Uh, You need vitamins and minerals and proteins and complex carbohydrates, and you need that daily, not weekly. And I'm here to tell you on this, the first day of 2023, if you will commit your life in 20 minutes a day to this type of truth, and then have people around you that you can walk out this in love, you will see God bear fruit in your life like you have never observed before. You will encounter the Lord. You will get to know him like you've never known him before. You will have power and strength and sustenance and encouragement in your own soul. You will have aha moments that you've never experienced. When I read the Bible in six months, this last six months, I was shocked how many things I have read past or missed completely that I did not see until I read it in big chunks the way that I read it. Things started to just leap off the page. Wow, never even realized that. Listen, you don't read the Bible one time and that's it, you read the Bible. That's not how this works. You are in a relationship with the living God and this is how he has chosen to interact with us. He has preserved his word. It is empowered by his spirit and when we expose ourselves to it, oh, God does a work on the inside of us. And so I'm gonna continue week after week to just listen to the Holy Spirit as I read through the Bible in six weeks or six months. We are starting Next Monday, by the way. So, you have a whole week to talk yourself out of it and then back into it. <laughs> so, you have a whole week. Some of you are like, I, I don't have a phone. I can't. No, we have, you go, how many of you guys have U version? Raise your hand. You already have version on your phone. Go to UVersion, go to the Discover section, type in Christ Church Port Orange. You, our church will pop up. Set is my church, and there will be the six-month Bible reading program. And when you're part of our church, you can make notes in there, questions, and you can highlight, and people who are, you are friends with on version will see it, and you can interact with people. You can find your crowd. You can find your little tribe in version. So start to use those social features. Some of you are like, that's never gonna happen for me. I'm going to go home. I'm going to download U version. It's going to be the wrong one. I can't find your church. Now I'm part of some Christ church in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I have to move now. You know, I don't even know. Listen, if you have technical difficulty, come back to church next week. Talk to anybody under 40. Give them your phone, okay? They will fix it for you. They will set it up. They will show you how to use it. Don't, don't ask me. Ask anybody else. They will help you. And listen, if that's still, still an obstacle, I'm going to have paper copies of the daily Bible reading chapter assignments at the welcome desk next week for you people who are so obstinate that you still have a flip phone, all right? You can stop by and get one next Sunday morning. All right, so that's my, that's my challenge to you. Share your testimony, get in a group, read through the Bible in six months, 20 minutes a day. This is how we are going to walk in truth and in love. Let me wrap up right here. Um, verse 11, this is what will happen when you engage with what God's already doing and you pursue truth and love the way that the Apostle Paul's praying that this church in Colossae would, look what happens in verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. How would you like that to be your experience? I am now the recipient of divine power that's in accord with the glorious might of Almighty God. He gives me a spirit of endurance and patience that is characterized by joy. 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 That's how you feel about this. Some of you are like, oh boy, I don't know, buckle up. I don't know if I can do this. No, no, no. It's gonna feel like, wow, joy. Fullness of joy, happiness, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And then Paul says again what this whole thing started with what God has done in Christ Jesus, in whom we have faith, the love that comes into our hearts, the Holy Spirit that flows to all the saints, and the hope we have in heaven. Why? Verse 13 He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this year will hold. Nobody does. If they say they do, they're lying. But I can tell you this, you can have your sins forgiven. You can have your life redeemed, your value restored, your purpose reestablished, your relationships renewed. You can have joy everlasting, hope stored up in heaven. You can have your eyes continually open to sort through the world's lies and you can live lives that are worthy of the calling of Jesus if you will just come to him with with faith. Some of you are here and today needs to be the first day for you for that. You're like, I'm not doing this at all. Oh no, you are. Because that burning feeling you got on the inside, that's the Holy Spirit saying, guess what? I made you, I own you and I paid the price to buy you back for myself. You can walk away from that offer, but I highly recommend that you do not. But instead, come to God with everything. Whatever fears you have, whatever sins you've committed, whatever hurt's been done to you, whatever bitterness, resentment, whatever hard places, oh, he's a God of miracles. And all he's looking for is just genuine faith. Sincere, sincere faith. Whether you're eight, 13, 18, 88, that's all he's looking for, amen? God, I pray for us. Lord, I just pray that we would encounter you, the living God. In this moment, maybe it's the first time I pray, if there's anyone who is sensing your call, Lord, that they would have the humility and the faith to reach out to you, to pray, to say, God, I, I need this forgiveness. Take my life. Fill me with your spirit. Make me yours. God, that simple prayer is enough to bring them into the kingdom of heaven open their eyes to see Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would do that miracle right now, even as I pray. Lord, and for the rest of us, Lord, as we're looking into this unknown year, God, I just pray that we would step up to these challenges to share our testimony. God, to get in some community and start having some fellowship around the person of Jesus. And God, to, to reach in and to, to read your word aggressively over the next six months we know that we'll encounter you and find all the strength we need to do this with endurance and joy. And so I just pray that you would help us all as we endeavor into this new year and our walk with you. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I told you there would be an invitation and it wasn't an invitation to put your faith in Jesus. Starting Thursdays, uh, we're gonna open the church at the lunch hour from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for prayer. And our our whole staff's gonna be here. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray for every prayer request. We're gonna pray for what God's speaking to us. We're gonna pray for you. And if you have the ability to join us, I wanna invite you to come pray. It's not a challenge. I'm not challenging to pray. Uh, It's enough challenges. You got a nice list with those three. But we'll be here. And I just wanna invite you to come to pray, to encounter the Lord together and to uh, to spend some time with him. So, So come join us on Thursday. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll see you next Sunday. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for spending your morning with us.